Amen. Well, good morning again, and welcome to Liberty Church. We are so good to see you. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, we're thankful that you've literally made Liberty Church uh, your destination this morning. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming. You picked a great day to be in the house of the Lord because I am really, I say this every week, but I'm really fired up and really excited about this message that we are kicking off today titled Small Faith. And so we are going to be uh, talking about what this means, what this looks like, and cultivating this idea of small faith, because I know when you see that and read that, some of y'all are thinking, small faith? Oh, I want big faith. I need big faith. And see, we're going we're gonna to kind of flip the script a little bit, and see, the crux of the matter is that the, 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 the thought behind this message, really what the Holy Spirit was showing me and, and stirring me up and uh, uh, and get me to read God's word and to really show in me is God, he just calls us to a, to a small faith. Uh, and see, we think we need, we need this bigger faith. Uh, and see, in America, everything's bigger, right? If you have a bigger house, it's better. And if you have a bigger truck, uh, it's better. Uh, if you have a bigger yard than mine, it's better. And we think the same thing uh, when it comes to our faith. Uh, and we shortchange ourselves. And we think that that if my faith isn't big enough, if God's not answering my prayer, it's because my faith is not big enough and my faith is really in my faith and not in God. And so I'm really excited to just dive into this and, uh, and study it out and, uh, and do this together over the next couple of weeks. And so uh, y'all got a mustard packet, right, when you came in this morning? And so we wanted to give y'all a mustard seed, uh, but actually <laughs> y'all would have probably lost it or we would have lost it trying to get it to you. So... Uh, this is just what you asked for, right? It's a breakfast of champions, a packet of mustard <laughs> for y'all this morning. So y'all can hold on to those and keep those as reminders. We're going through this series uh, the next couple weeks. And so that's really the, the thought behind the mustard packet. We're going to be using that scripture. We're going to look at it today when Jesus says the faith of a mustard seed, right, has the power to move mountains. And so this is the type of faith that we're, we're going to look at and talk about him. Before we get into it real quick, I just want to share, you know, I've heard it said uh, that churches, uh, the, the types of things that you preach and minister and the types of messages uh, that you communicate on, on Sunday, uh, those types of things are the things that are manifested within the church. So if you preach on love or you preach on forgiveness, those things begin to manifest and take place within the church. And so it's my prayer that as we uh, dive into this and, and preach on what this means, this type of faith that God calls us to, that it be manifested within the church and that you begin to see something new and God begin to do something in your life, something real, amen, to move us uh, into things we have yet done, seen, experienced. Amen. So uh, I'm excited. So let's dive in. Let's look at that, that first point we're going to give you uh, this morning. So we're talking about small faith. Somebody say small faith. Uh, small faith is a shift, okay? It's a, it's a shift of the way that we think. It's a shift of, of our mindset. Uh, it moves us from disqualified to qualified. Small faith qualifies us uh, to live the life that God has for us. And so Really, it's impossible to please God without faith, right? So that's where we start. We have to have a, a faith in God, and that faith in God uh, is in Jesus Christ. Uh, and if you don't believe in him, the Bible says that uh, we'll perish and pass away and go to a place called hell, right? So I hope you've made that choice 
at one moment or place in, in your life. If you haven't, I promise you today there'll be an opportunity for you to make that decision, for you to do that for your life, okay? Um, but th- this, this, so it has to start with a place of faith. But the small faith that we're talking about is a shift of thinking. Uh, this thinking uh, that I know some of y'all thought it when you saw it, when you read small faith, you're thinking, small faith? I want a big faith, right? And it has to be a shift that says, my faith is in the, the amount of faith that I have. See, because if my faith is in my faith, it goes up and down like my emotions. One day I wake up and I feel strong in the Lord. I, I can take on anything, right? Maybe the next day I wake up and my life seems tough. It's, I don't feel good. Everything is, feels like it's coming against me and, and my faith does this. And see, my faith does that because it's in myself, it's in my faith, it's a religion, it's a ritual that I'm doing, it's not a, a, a process of relationship with Him. And so the small faith has to begin in just that, a relationship with Him, a, a thing that says, God, I trust you. And when I say, God, I trust you, uh, with my faith, with my life, with my heart, my mind, my family, my, my job, my everything, it, it qualifies us. It requalifies us. It reshifts our mind. It shifts the way we think. And God can move in. We'll be talking about the last couple weeks, right? He doesn't call us to any type of normal. He calls us to a new kingdom. And when I'm qualified, now I'm part of this kingdom that we all believe and say that we're a part of. And it's how we bring the kingdom of God to earth, right? If we can bring the kingdom of God to earth, amazing things can happen. Signs, miracles, and wonders. So we have to have a shift of our thinking, and we don't need more faith. We need just even a small amount. We just need faith in Him. And when we refocus our faith in Jesus, it qualifies us. And and it's it doesn't just requalify us. It's a lot like that moment, that first moment when I gave Him my life. I shared last week a little bit of my testimony. That moment when I got saved, when I got born again, when I when I gave God permission to come into my life, and I said, "God, I'm done." Right? I know a lot of you have had that experience, that moment that you can that you can have a snapshot of, uh, and it's it's no different. Uh, the small faith, that type of faith, for you to be able to do that is the same type of faith that God calls us to as we are uh, in and out of seasons, as we are praying and fasting for things to happen in our lives, for changes to take place, for people to come to know Christ. It's it's no different. God calls us to that same type of faith. Let's read Matthew uh, 17, 14 through 20. And so this is really going to be our foundational scripture, right? This is why y'all have uh, a mustard packet this morning. Uh, this, 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 uh, what the scripture says and teaches us. And so verse 14, it says, And when they came uh, to the multitude, a man came to him, uh, Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse, generation how long shall I be with you how long shall I bear with you bring him here to me and Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour somebody say very hour hour. then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said why could we not cast it out after Jesus performs the miracle the disciples come to Jesus and say hey man we prayed a prayer. We, we did the stuff. Why couldn't we do what you did? 
And so Jesus, he said to them, because of your unbelief. So assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. He says, if you have faith as little as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be possible to you. And so the disciples, they're, they're asking Jesus, why couldn't we do what you did, right? And he says, it's because of your, your unbelief. I believe the disciples were, were looking at themselves thinking, how is this going to happen through me, through us, right? We do that all the time. We, we say the prayer, we, 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 we try and do that thing that we know that only God can do, but my faith isn't in him, the, my faith is really in myself. Uh, and, and I pray and I feel like nothing happens, and I pray and as I'm praying, I'm already doubting what I'm praying. And that's because my faith isn't in him, it's in me. It, it's the unbelief. And Jesus says, if you had just enough faith as a mustard seed, you, you could have done it. He could have been healed. Your miracle could have happened. That thing you're believing for could happen. Your faith is in the wrong place, he's saying. So that they couldn't move in miracles because they were stuck in doubt. The miracles that you need to happen in your life, the miracles that you're praying and believing for, for those to happen, you have to move from a place of doubt into a place of faith. Because as soon as we doubt, as soon as I doubt, my strength is back on me. I'm relying on myself. I'm relying uh, on my own strength. And God, he only wants us to believe. J just, just, just believe. That's it. And when I believe, when I believe in him, just going back to your, your, your testimony of maybe the day you, you got born again, when you, when you take that step of faith, what happens? An expectation is birthed in your heart. When you move from a place of doubt to faith, expectation is cultivated. Expectation begins to take root. And so now if I'm in a place of faith, when I begin to pray, signs miracles, when I begin to pray for healing or, or deliverance, I have an expectation that is awaiting the answer of God. And it changes. There's a shift that takes place. And I'm operating by faith instead of by doubt. And really, we just see, we think, I just need bigger faith. I can't get bigger faith if I'm not faithful in the little. God says, have you little faith first. <laughs> if you would just have faith in me first, and then we can, we can build on our relationship. And, and, and when you begin to pray and see things happen, then what happens? An expectation is birthed, and you're, you're praying and believing for things to happen again and again and next time. And God did, so God will do again. Right? And he begins to, to cultivate this within us. Let's look at that next point. So if you studied out, based on, on that, that, that foundational scripture that we just gave you, all to Matthew. So Jesus said we don't need big faith. He said small faith. The faith of a mustard packet <laughs> this morning. The faith of a mustard seed, right? Was enough to move mountains and nothing would be impossible to us. Jesus said we don't need big faith, we need small faith, the faith of a mustard seed, and it was enough to move mountains and that nothing would be impossible 
to us. Isn't it so amazing that Jesus used the faith that he calls us to, the faith that, that we need, the only faith that we need as believers, that to basically the smallest thing that he could probably use for an illustration, a physical illustration to his disciples, was a mustard seed. If we would have given them to y'all, has anyone seen a mustard seed? They are super tiny. I mean, you can't even barely see them. It's like the head of a pin. And he compares the faith that they needed to move that mountain uh, with, with the smallest thing that he, he could show them. And then the flip side of that, he says, if you have faith this small, you can move something this big, which is a mountain, right? And see, we just casually say that. Oh, I had faith in a mustard. I can move a mountain. No, I want you to physically think of a mountain, like Mount Everest. Something that small, your faith has the power to move that metaphorical Mount Everest in your life Maybe it's addiction, maybe it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pornography, maybe it's, maybe it's something you're praying for, a mountain, anything that is standing between you and God's best for you or somebody that you love. And if you had the faith of a mustard seed, something that small, you have the power and the authority in Jesus Christ to move that thing. You don't need bigger faith. You just need small enough faith to believe and trust that he can do it. And to, and to stand in a place of belief that the impossible is possible. You know, we serve the God of impossible, right? He makes the impossible possible. And so I don't know where you're at today, what you're going through. Maybe you're going through something tough. And it may seem impossible, the beginning to the answer of your miracle has to start with your faith that God can do it for you. And he's no respecter of persons. Don't think, ah, oh, my life's too messed up. I, me, and, me and God ain't really that. You can change it today. You can change it today. And those impossible things can be made possible. When we accomplish we accomplish the impossible things by doing the small things on a daily basis. God accomplishes the impossible things through us by us doing the small things every day. Practice makes perfect, right? It's the same with our relationship with Jesus. I have to cultivate this relationship with him. And if I have my faith in myself and my faith in my faith, I'm not cultivating relationship. I'm just walking out religion and rituals. And so when I do my quiet time for 10 minutes and I, I, go, I, I go away feeling, oh, you know what? I feel guilty because I only gave God 10 minutes today. And, or or if, I, if I'm not praying like I should be and, and, and I shortchange myself, it's because I have my faith in my faith. If I give that, that 10 minutes of my quiet time to God, and I give them the best 10 minutes that I have. Come on, somebody. That's the faith I'm talking about. That, that's the type of faith that he calls us to. And it's by doing those small things on a daily basis that the impossible things begin to be made possible. I have to keep on keeping on, right? And so, and even the cool thing, so I got to keep doing this, this daily uh, relationship, cultivating this daily relationship through prayer, 
uh, through reading my Bible, through listening to, to worship music and, and feeding my soul with the right things. Do you know you got to feed your soul with the right things? The things that you watch. Uh, and, and once you see something, you can't unsee it. So the things that you are, are, are feeding your spirit, man, are the things that will be cultivated in your life. But so as we cultivate this relationship, the things a lot of times on a daily basis, the things he asks us to do and the things that he asks us to use to build our faith are the ordinary things. Ordinary places, people. God wants you to, to, to preach the gospel and get somebody saved at your workplace, right? An ordinary place. Or maybe it's your family. He wants to do something within your family, something amazing. And, and we look at it and think of it as has just ordinary. And if you study it out and read the Bible, God used ordinary people using ordinary things for the impossible things to take place. Right? Think of think of Moses. Dude uh, had a staff, right? God asked him to extend it. Do you know there's really nothing ordinary about God asking Moses to extend his staff? He did it every single day as he led and guided sheep, right? There's nothing ordinary about a staff. There's nothing ordinary about the action of, of extending his staff. The ordinary, the impossible thing was God said, this time when you extend your staff, the sea will part. And my people will walk across on dry, dry ground, right? And so the impossible took place, but it was that for Moses to have a small enough faith to do that ordinary thing that he's been doing every single day, to have an expectation that says this time something amazing is going to happen, right? And so we, we're called to doing these ordinary things every day, but we have to have an expectation that impossible things will happen. Somebody say will happen in Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at that next point. So, God, he's already given us enough faith. Did you know that you already have enough faith? The fact that you are here in his house, God has given you a, a, a measure of faith already in your life. And, and that measure of faith is enough. Faith to move every mountain in our lives and the proof is really in the proof of salvation. We're going we're gonna to walk you through this and study this out. Um, but if so, if we have enough faith to be saved, then we have enough faith. And so, if you think about it like this, if you've had enough faith to accept Christ in your life, in that moment, that was a it was a big step that you took. But really, it, it was really amount of small faith that allowed you to to take that step. And so, if you took that step, really, if you think about it, anything else that you will have to go through in life or any storm, any test, any trial, you have already have enough faith. If you've trusted him with your life, why can't you trust him with your healing? You trust him with your eternal salvation. Why can't you trust him with getting a new job? You trust him with your, with your mind, soul, your body, your everything. You talk to him. You, you love him. Why can't you trust him with, with your family? Or that thing that you're struggling to, to release and it's so scary God's telling you to put it down or, or stop doing this or, or, or get plugged into church and it seems so scary and you can't, you can't trust them. What if, you just, what if you just said, God, I have enough faith. God, I, I, I trust you. And see, we have to move away from this, 
this, um, we're talking about changing the way we think, this mentality of, of proportion. <laughs> See, I, I, put, I put proportion and levels and limits on the amount of faith that I have on a daily basis. And I have to take my mind off the proportion of, of what I think I feel I have, amount of faith that day, and I have to focus on the promise. It's proportion versus promise. Y'all remember the woman that gave uh, one, uh, one penny, one talent? Anybody remember that story? And Jesus said, she's, she's most blessed, right? She, because it's not the amount that she gave. It was because she gave everything that she had, right? So it's, it's, it's not the, 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 the quantity of time that you're giving God, the, the quantity of, of, of whatever it is. It's the quality. It's are you giving God all that you have? Is your trust fully in him and not in anything else or anybody else? Not in Facebook, not in, in Instagram and Twitter. It's, it's in him in Him alone. And my faith's not my faith, it's, it's in the promise of Jesus. And when we remember where, what our faith is in, we don't need uh, more faith. When I remember what my faith is in, it's in Jesus. I remember that He's enough. I, and we, and we, need, we don't need bigger faith or more faith, we need more Jesus. <laughs> we need more Jesus. And if I spend more face time with Jesus, or feet time, I like to call it, with Jesus, that my faith will just, it'll be in a healthy place. Naturally, it'll be in a healthy place. And I can't experience that, that type of spiritual health, that type of spiritual peace, or, or love, or joy, the things that God calls us to walk in on a daily basis, if I'm not doing those things. Let's read Ephesians 2.8. It says, uh, for, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves uh, is the gift of God. So he says we're saved through faith. Galatians 3.16, it says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. There's, there's a, a commonality between these scriptures. He's talking about faith and being saved only through by who, right? Jesus. We're sons and daughters through faith in Christ Jesus. That's it. Faith in Jesus, nothing else. Uh, and so we have to, you have enough faith if you've been saved. Uh, and you have enough faith if you are here today. <laughs> you've made that step. So don't, hear me, don't doubt yourself on whatever it is that you feel like is holding you back or whatever uh, it is that, that you're, you're struggling with. Don't doubt yourself that you don't have enough faith. God has given us each a measure of faith. Amen? It's, and it's enough. Let's read um, Romans 10, 12 through 13. This is a, an extra scripture I threw in. I don't believe it's on your outline, uh, but it should be on your screen up there. And so it says, Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They, they have the same Lord who, generously, uh, who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone, somebody say everyone, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What, what Paul is, is writing and, and, and penning here in this letter, what he is saying, the statement that he's making, that, that Jews and Gentiles are all uh, promised eternal life was a big deal. I know here in, in modern day uh, life, that doesn't sound like a big deal because you know, everyone, God loves everyone, and he does love everyone, but that was a big deal. That is a big statement 
that he was saying, he says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord has the opportunity to be saved. And so we know by reading the scripture that it's God's will for everybody to be saved. I've heard some people argue and say that eh, maybe it's not necessarily God's will that everyone be saved. No, it's God's will that everyone have a chance to accept or deny who Jesus Christ is. And guess what? Jesus ain't coming back until everyone has had that chance, that opportunity. And even maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, some people might have thought that would be impossible. Every person. But guess what? This right here is reaching the ends of the earth. You go to a third world country, they don't have a house. They don't have anything. Even a lot of our homeless people, they don't have a sleeping bag. But guess what they got? A cell phone. And so you better believe that everyone's going to have a chance to accept or deny who Jesus is. Uh, and he's not coming until then. But, but hear, hear me. He gives everyone that chance because he believes it's, and it's in his will that everyone has enough faith to accept who Jesus is. And so, and so essentially, if he's given everyone an opportunity to have enough faith to believe in him, then that's all the faith that we need. It has to start somewhere. Romans uh, 12, 3. It says, because of the privilege and the authority God has given me, I give each of you uh, this warning. Don't think, of, 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 think that you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has gives us. The measure of faith that he's given you is enough. The measure of faith that God has already given you is enough. If you're taking notes, write that down. Do not forget that. The enemy does not want you to know that the amount of faith that God has already given you in your life is enough to, to move mountains, to, to make the impossible possible, to do all the things, even change the things that you don't like about your life, yourself. He's given you enough faith to do it. The thing is, we compare ourselves and our lives to every other person, and, and, and I feel bad about myself. I feel bad about myself. I feel like I don't have enough faith. God's blessing them because they're doing all the right things, and I'm over here feeling like I'm doing all the wrong things, and you've heard me say it. My perspective isn't final, right? <laughs> really, they probably feel as jacked up as I feel. See, but the thing is, we compare ourselves Every day, I'm going to go back to cell phones. We're, we're, we're linked on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And what do we do? We compare our lives to every other person. Look what I can do. Look what I'm doing. And, and, and we're not doing it because of the right motives. And we lost sight of what God is saying and calling us to do. And, and we shortchange ourselves. Do not doubt yourself. Do not doubt God, what he's done in your life. And make yourself feel bad because you're seeing someone else appear to be happy. <laughs> right? They appear to be happy, but they're probably just as miserable and stressed out as maybe you feel. And we put on all these masks and our fake lives. And we, we hide our, the deep self of who we are deep down. And God says, just trust in me. Trust in me. And I can do amazing things. You can have that peace, that joy, that only can come from him. Amen.
So that measure of faith that he's given you is enough. Let's look at that next point. Small faith is the key, okay? It's that key that's going to unlock and open every door and moves every mountain in our lives. All we have to do is believe. When your behavior matches your belief, you are operating in faith. And so it has to start somewhere. It has to start with my faith. But really, the promise of, of, of what I believe in comes to be through the obedience of my life, through the obedience of my faith, of my behavior. And so it has to start with faith, but it can't end there. I have to actually do the things that I say I believe in. I can't just say I believe uh, and live and do other things that are the exact opposite of what I say I believe in, right? Because that's why the world hates the church, right? Because Everybody says, oh, I love Jesus and he's so good, but nobody actually lives and looks like Jesus. And so that's why the world uh, is against the church. And that's why it's so hard for uh, the church at times to minister effectively because we're always having to stand, go back to explaining why we're doing what we're doing and, and trying to actually live this, this stuff out. But so small faith is the key that, that opens the door and moves the, the, the mountains. And I have to, my behavior has to match what I'm saying I believe in. And so it has to start with my faith, but it's finished through my behavior. It's finished through my, my behavior. It's, it's how my seed, we need, we need, we need a, the faith as small as the seed of a mustard seed, right? And so it's how my seed becomes the fruit of the promise is through my behavior. You know, a seed has a promise. It's a seed because what? You're supposed to plant it, right? It's supposed to grow into something. And so it has to start with a seed of faith. But see, my, this is where my obedience and my behavior comes into play because my faith isn't enough. I have to do something. That's how my seed is, is, is planted. Uh, it takes root and begins to to birth life, birth fruit, spiritual fruit in my life. So my actions and how I live my life are a reflection of, of how strong my faith is. Do I really believe what I say I believe because my life is proving that fact that I'm doing what I say or am I doing the exact opposite? And is that why maybe I feel the way I do? Why well, I feel convicted and, and Holy Spirit conviction is a good thing. But the voice of condemnation to keep you down, there, what's the word say? There's no condemnation for all those who believe in Christ, right? There's a difference between feeling convicted because maybe you're not living your faith the way you know you should as opposed to being feeling condemned that God, God can't save me, God can't, can't get me out of this, I've messed up too bad, I've fallen too far. That is a difference. And so, so, so it's my actions and how I live are a reflection of how strong or weak my faith is in my life. Uh, I'm going to skip James 2, 21 through 22, uh, but I want to give you all James 2, 24 and James 2, 26. Just a couple more scriptures down. Uh, James 2, 24, it says, So you see, uh, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. 
He says, we're shown to be made right with God by what we do, not what we say we believe in. James 2.26, it says, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. He says, so it's not what I say I believe in, it's what I do by faith that makes me right with God. And if, if a body without breath is, is dead, so is your faith if you don't do something about what you say you believe in. That's powerful, powerful statement. So if I believe in it, I must do it. If, if I believe what God said to be true, then, then, then I must do it. And I must, by faith, do something in order for something to be changed. <laughs> Nothing will change if I don't do something. I, see, a lot of times we'll say, oh, you know what? I believe God can fix this. I believe God can answer this prayer. And I'm just going gonna, gonna to pray. I'm going to fast. And you know what? He can do those things. He can answer a prayer in a moment supernaturally. But nine times out of ten, I have a role. I have a part to play in my answer to my prayer. And so... Don't, don't use that as an excuse to just not do anything by faith. We have to have faith that he can answer that prayer, but I also have to have enough faith to be doing something for the kingdom of God as I hold out and believe and wait for him to answer that prayer. Because I have to do something by faith. If I don't do something, nothing will change. Let's read um, Mark 5, 25 through 34. It's kind of a... A, a big chunk of scripture. And I, I love this scripture. I use it a lot. The Holy Spirit really showed me something new within this scripture to really uh, tie into what we're talking about uh, this morning and for the next couple weeks. So uh, verse 25 there, it says, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal uh, from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I could just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that bleeding uh, I'm sorry. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd passing by you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Look at this. Look at that last point uh, for this morning. And so small faith is the difference between touching Jesus and receiving from Jesus everything that you need. We don't need a special word from God or permission from God. We just need small faith. We have to have just enough faith. And as I've preached this scripture normally, uh, on a normal basis, I, I preach it from the desperation point of view because there's a desperation in this woman that said, 
no matter what, I'm going to get to Jesus. And as believers, we have to have that type of faith, a desperation faith that says, God, I need you today. But what the Holy Spirit showed me and something new of this, of this scripture is that, that, that God, uh, everyone was around Jesus. Everyone was, was touching Jesus. Everyone was, was gathered around Jesus. Uh, everyone could touch him. But, but for her, only one person actually received the healing from God. She had the small enough faith that said, you know what? Maybe she, she wanted to get to Jesus. She thought she, she needed to, to touch Jesus, but maybe she thought, you know what, how am I going to get to Jesus? What if I could just get to his robe, just touch his garment? She had small enough faith to say, you know what, if I can't get to him, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I could be healed. And so some of us, we got we to gotta think of it like that. that. If I could just get into his presence, if I could get close enough, if I could just get, get, get near Jesus, then healing could take place. Whatever I'm praying for could happen. See, because faith unlocks and releases the power of God in your life. It's that faith that releases and unlocks the power of God in your life. And so, you know what, we're, we're all gathered here today. You're here hopefully drawn closer to Jesus. Like that crowd of people was all gathered around Jesus. But Guess what? Only one person got healed. So we're gathered here. Who is actually going to leave with restoration? Who is actually going to leave with something that God did real in your life today? Who is actually going to leave with healing? Because it's the expectation of the faith that you have. If you believe God can't do nothing or he's not, gonna, he's not doing anything or he's not saying anything to you, right now then that's what you'll have and so who's who's just gonna be touched by Jesus today and who's gonna be healed by Jesus today she believed Jesus could heal her she didn't need Jesus to tell her that he could she believed, she already knew that he could. She didn't need Jesus to, to tell her that she was healed. He told her that it was her faith that healed her, right? And so we don't need permission, God's permission, for the answer to your miracle, the answer to your prayer. And what's cool about this scripture? Jesus, the healing left Jesus, and he didn't know to who, right? Jesus didn't have the permission to give it. God gave it through him because of her faith. She had faith enough to just touch his robe. And it was the faith that God saw, honored, and blessed. And she didn't need permission. God blessed her because of her faith. Some might argue maybe her faith was great. Maybe it was. I think it was great and small all at the same time. Because she believed enough that she didn't need to just touch Jesus. She believed that his robe was good enough. Is, is his presence alone good enough for you to keep living for him? Even when you can't feel him, is what he's done in your life good enough for you to keep on living for him? Is his presence good enough? This is the beginning of small faith that says, God, you're enough. God, God I trust you. God, you can. You're enough. 
God doesn't want us to have our faith in us, in ourselves. God wants, said it over and over this morning, he wants us to have our faith in him that he can. Did this woman have faith that he could? Yes. I hope you have faith that he can in your life, whatever it is, that he can, that he will. It may not be today. It may not be next week. It may not even be next year. But man, if you believe it enough, hold on to that. Whatever it is, that prayer, that, that, that thing, if you feel it enough that he's called you to it, he can do it, amen. I want to ask us all to, to just um, to get in his presence. You know, however you do that, whatever's, however you get into his presence, if you close your eyes or bow your head or whatever that is, and just, just be praying. Now, I just want to seal this over us today as we, as we leave. Uh, I feel like it's a good start to this series just to cultivate this, this idea that I don't need more faith. God, you've given me enough measure of faith as it is. And that, that, that's the faith that I need on a daily basis, no matter what it is I'm looking at or going through, that that's enough to get me through. And so I just want to seal that over us. So Father God, Lord, we, uh, we love you, God, and we thank you. Lord, I thank you for each and every person here. Uh, God, I, I thank you for the gifts and the anointing and the, the talents that each of these people bring. Lord, and I just pray that you meet them right where they're at, Father God. Lord, and that you, uh, you cultivate this, 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 this mustard seed-like faith in our lives that says, you know what, I can speak to mountains in my life and they can be moved in Jesus' name. And that I can trust you, God. And if I trust you more, you give me more. As I trust you more, you give me more. God, so I declare that over us. God, we, we want more, not more faith. We want more intimacy with you, Father. More intimacy with you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you're here with us, uh, we've been talking about salvation and all sorts of things today. If, if maybe you're here with us today and you've never, you've never had that moment that I was talking about, that moment... We call it being born again or getting saved. It's that moment when, you, when you, you literally quit fighting with God. You quit arguing with God and you say, you know what, God, I'm messed up. I'm jacked up. I'm not happy. I have no joy. I have no peace. I'm here today because I want to be right with you, God. I want to accept Jesus into my life. I want to leave here with a peace like I haven't felt in a long time. And you're here and you want to do that. Here in a moment, I'm going to ask you to do something. It's going to be your moment. You can change your life today. I promise you, you can change your life today. So I want to give that invitation if that's you. And also, if you're here today, maybe you have been born again. Maybe you have uh, been saved, but maybe you've fallen away. And maybe you're not living uh, your best life before God. Maybe you've fallen down and you need to get back up. So you need restoration today. So if that's either of you two people, if you've never given God your life, or you have and you've fallen down and want to get back up today, here's your moment. Right now, we're all praying. I want you to just stand up right where you're at. Stand up by faith. If he's speaking to you right now, and you, you know he is if it's you because your heart will be beating out your chest a million miles an hour. He's speaking loud. He's speaking clear to you that if something happened to you today, you don't know where you're going, he's speaking to you to change your life. I want to give you a moment to stand up right now for him. No one's watching. No one's looking at you. This is your moment between you and you and God alone. We're actually praying for you right now. A few more seconds.
Ooh, second. 